What's going on, good people? Welcome to the Mind Your Herbs podcast. I'm your host, I'm Tim. We got the one and only Mr. Malcolm Steele. Tell him what's going on. So our topic today on the Mind Your Herbs podcast, we're going to be talking about CBD. Mm-hmm. And um, we're also going to be talking about, uh, you know, music in the, in the garden, too. So what do you what do you know about CBD? Uh, well, I know that CBD is it's a part of the hemp plant which is a part of like cannabis as a whole. So cannabis has two different species, like there's hemp and then marijuana. Um, the marijuana is, is more, it's heavier in THC. The um, hemp is lesser or much less in THC, higher in CBD. Um, it also takes a lot longer for hemp and CBD to, to flower out. It's usually like, 100 to I think it's 180 days something like that mm-hmm. or 120 that could be I think it's 120 I know it's I know it's 100 to 100 something but I believe it's 120 days whereas with marijuana or cannabis like a TC based cannabis mm-hmm. it takes much much less you know like 8 to 14 weeks um, with hemp and CBD uh, the Oils and things like that from hemp versus CBD is it's CBD is coming from the actual leaf. Uh, it's more like marijuana versus with hemp. It's uh, the oils and everything come from the seeds. Mm. So I think it's a lot less work with the CBD versus like extracting the CBD from the plant versus uh, versus how it is with the seeds itself mm. themselves. Mm. Um, but uh, it's it's definitely a, it's been around since the beginning of the time. Um, used for so many different things, um, like the the clothing fibers, and they build them with it, and all of that. Like they're making hemp concrete, etc. Yeah, that's I thought that's gonna be really big in the future. The hemp concrete, I think that's gonna be very big in the future. Yeah, I, I think hemp uh, slash CBD is gonna be a a huge, 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 huge thing. Um, as far as alternative energy and, and alternative to some of the a lot of some of the various things that we're using, the the many uses of the the cannabis plant is is outrageous. Yeah, definitely, the do a lot of great things. I know one of the things that I, I've seen it do is help with epilepsy. Yeah, and um, I, I know for myself, it, it definitely helps relieve uh, pain. Yeah, definitely, definitely a great pain reliever, and um, you know it's so crazy though, man. Like with the with the hemp and the cannabis plant, they're still discovering you know new things about the the different components of it. Because you know you got CBD, you got CBG, you got CBV, and all of these do something specific for the body. Like all yeah. of them do something as a special task for the for the body and everything. This like this this plant. Like it's already saving people's lives, but it's you know it's definitely going to be a a major major game changer in the future. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Like with all all the research and everything that that are that's becoming more prevalent, and then also the new re- research that's being done, it's like the the possibilities are in, endless for what it can actually do. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So so tell it like like what are what were some of the challenges for you um, and also some of the benefits that you've been, been seeing as a licensed hemp farmer? Well, as a licensed hemp farmer, I mean, I've been 
kind of taking it slow, not, you know, doing too much because I noticed that like right now, it's not lucrative right now. You know, it's going to be lucrative in the future, but right mm-hmm. now, because, you know, I feel like people, one of the reasons that people are still hesitant of him because uh, people believe that they can, you know, pop positive on a, on a, uh, your analysis, which mm-hmm. you have to have a whole lot of hemp in your body for it to, you know, give you a, a positive on your urinalis. You have to have a whole lot because it's, you know, they're, they're only supposed to have a, you know, a regulated amount of 0.2%. It's not supposed to be higher than that. And, um, and the thing that's crazy with this, like, if you, if your hemp plant goes over, you know, that 2% or whatever, they, and, and just imagine, like, if you got a whole field, a whole acre of hemp, and it's over the 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 regulated two percent, and the the government wants you to destroy your whole crop. Instead of being like, okay, you're over the regulated amount, but you you can't use this as flour. You have to use it as fiber or hempcrete. <laughs> they make you destroy the whole thing. That's what I'm kind. Of, that's why I'm like, you know, I'm not gonna really do a whole lot. Just you know, a couple of plants here and there. You know, um, I but now money, there's big money in the. Oil. There's definitely big money in the CBD oil side. Definitely money there. Yeah. But, but the flower side, I think you know people once they pass it, the law where you know you can't be in trouble for it anymore. The cannabis plant, I think that's when you'll really start seeing the the CBD flourish because you're gonna have a market of people that don't mind the the um, psychotic effects. And you're gonna have people that don't want the psychotic effects, they just wanna relax, you know? Mm-hmm. And then I think you have more people really, you know, really buying it and getting into it once um they they change the laws that govern it. Once they pass a law, well, okay, you can we're not gonna regulate this no more. You then I think that's when the the you'll see a lot of money coming in. You know, right now for myself, I'm just, you know, what I'm doing more so now is learning how the plant grows and everything, you know, learning that part. So, you know, when I do decide to grow acres of it, you know, I know what I'm doing. And then, you know, I'm just waiting for the right moment to to make the right move. Because right now, I don't think it's a good idea to have a whole lot of, because it's people that have, like, warehouses full of hemp flour. And, you know, they're not, they're not really selling it. Because I think in the, in the smoke shop, I think of... Uh, uh, eighth of hemp flour is like twenty dollars in some stores, which is not bad. I mean, because if you if you if you can move a whole pound a whole pound in the eighth at twenty dollars, I mean that's some that's still a pretty good profit if you can move yeah. the whole the whole pound, you know. But uh, that's you know where I where I'm at with. It. I'm just taking my time and you know waiting for the right move to make the right move yeah there's nothing wrong with that like it's better like uh rick ross said something fairly recently he said i don't want to move fast i just want to move correctly and, yes uh, yes I, I definitely agree with that and it's good that you're 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 trying to find the the right avenue and the right path to make sure you know like one you already have a huge advantage by being licensed you know like mm-hmm. most people they're not even licensed and they just growing. So you already have you already have a leg up and already have a huge advantage now. It's just positioning yourself and moving in the right like you know the right way. Definitely. 
Hey, did you hear about the 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 law the um in Missouri about the taxes on on the medical marijuana? That, that, that oh, yeah. So so the the thing I think is crazy um, as a cannabis business, like you're already taxed at a much much higher rate than any other industry. Mm-hmm. Like whether it be like on the federal, you know, like the, the federal, state, local taxes are already much higher. <laughs> but then in Missouri, they're, they're making it so none of those business expenses can be written off. Um, yeah, that's not fair, man. It's not fair. Um, one thing uh, it does like force you to do is have multiple businesses, like have plant touching businesses and have ancillary businesses. So those are the, the non-plant touching businesses. So that way you can be able to afford and be profitable as a business. But then, like, thinking about it, you know, like, you have to have all these other businesses, you know. It's like, why can't I just have just the one business and operate it just like any other business? But I think as a whole throughout the the country, throughout all industries, they're going to kind of make it that way Mm -hmm. where you have to have multiple businesses to, like, sustain and and everything else. And, and, I mean, not that people want to avoid taxes, but at, at I mean, let's be let's call it spade a spade. Nobody really wants to pay taxes, so yeah. um, it, it's it's forcing you to be more creative with um, with your business and your business ideas, but also um, and also along with giving back um, and helping you to not have to pay so much in taxes, keep more in your pocket versus giving it to the government. Because to me, the government isn't doing uh, what they should and could be doing as much as they want. Uh, like as much as we want as a citizen with the money, you know, I should never have to drop down a raggedy road. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. This is so it's true. A, a school to me that uh, that's either closed or underfunded and doesn't have all the tools and, and resources for the children. Um, but that's a, I don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense to me with, with the, like how, the government funds are managed mm. and it's supposed to be, um, you know, for the people, by the people. And it, it's like just a few select the people that are in office there. Yeah. They're taking advantage and buying things for themselves versus using the funds for like, like I said, like the roads or the schools or the various other things. They definitely making sure the, the military is on point. And I mean, that's a good thing. Mm education like if you're if you're better educated you're going to make better decisions which means like uh um you may not you may not necessarily go in the military you know or you may not necessarily eat that uh processed food you know and things like that because you have you have the knowledge to make the better decision so i think more money should be poured into the educational system um but that's just me that's just what i think what you what you think about the Missouri? I mean, I just I, I think it's just it's just totally unfair, man. Like it it's like I, I feel like they're getting like the double whammy. You know, it's you like why why can't I don't understand what's the big deal with allowing it to be taxed like, you know, the regular way. Not with all this extra stipulation and all this stuff. It's it's not fair. You know, and and you know the our government is is like I don't know, man. It's like instead of them cutting from the top, they cut from the bottom. Mm-hmm. It's like you know some of these senators and stuff. 
you know, you know, once these people retire, they're set for life. You know, they don't have nothing to worry about. You know, they set for like one term. I don't, I don't know how many terms exactly they have to serve, but I know once they retire, they, they're set for life. Some of these senators, governors, they're set for life. You know, and it's like, um, like you, like y'all will cut stuff that the people need, but meanwhile, you know, up here in the in the White House and big government, you know, y'all getting paid all this money, and the, they don't look out for the true interests of the people. It's like, it's like if you don't have it, you just don't have it, and the system is so messed up. Like, and it's like, like some of these people, they got they got a uh, food stamps or they got Section Eight. A lot of these people got a lie. Because they tell the truth, they won't get it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's 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 so backwards to me. Like, it's, like if I'm struggling, if I got a family of four, and yeah, I might make fifty or sixty thousand in a year, but with a family and paying mortgage and expenses and everything, I'm struggling. Yeah. So so if I go to say, hey, can y'all can y'all you know help me with food? Oh, you make too much money. Oh, we are gonna give you fifty dollars a month. Man, for real, <laughs> that's crazy. Yeah, that's and crazy. I, I, even with the, the people that that aren't lying, you know, like why nobody should have to. There's so much money throughout the U.S. and throughout the world that nobody should be struggling. You know, like Definitely. the uh, uh, it was someone talking about the unemployment and people uh the people that are working are having to pay for the people that are uh on un- unemployment and the people that were um that are on unemployment they had to work they had to work a, a certain amount of time and contribute a certain amount a dollar amount you know to be even qualified to get unemployment it's not like you can just work one day and then okay i, w- I, w- I just want to be on unemployment for the rest of my life that's not how it works it's crazy man that's really crazy it's our government for you man then you know they're just making it so hard you know for people to 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 come up you know to them to, to make something of themselves you know it shouldn't be that way yes but the the interesting thing is is where there's a will, there's a way, and like it's it's pretty amazing how many people are, are finding a way in in so many other industries, but specifically the cannabis industry, like yourself, like being a licensed hemp farmer. Which I mean, I got I got to clap it up for you for that, you know. Like it, it ain't it ain't a lot of it ain't a lot of black hemp farmers, um, especially in the state of Florida. So to be one of the few select, you know, that's something to be proud of. How how what do you what do you do like with because you said right now you're you're uh, you're starting off small and everything like that. Um, are you playing any music? Like what do you what are you doing with the with the plants to, to like keep them going and and keep yourself going? Oh, I you know I pl- I play music in the in the garden. Man. It's it's interesting you brought this up because like with the the music and and in the garden, you know, years ago the sharecroppers would, would sing, you know, songs and stuff, you know, mm. and, you know, those songs were the, you know, the, the foundation of, of, of blues music, you know, because after the slavery, you know, sharecropping came into play, which to me, sharecropping was like an extension of slavery. It definitely was. And, um, you know, when I, as I was doing, you know, research on, on sharecropping, the sh- they, they had a sharecropping system 
what where the large plantations will print out their own money to pay the sharecroppers, but it was a catch twenty two. The sharecroppers could not spend this money in another city or anywhere else. Only they could only spend it with places that were affiliated with that plantation, that store that was affiliated with that plantation. Wow. So if, all, if you want to go to, uh, let's say, Walmart and you at Target, mm-hmm. you can only shop at Target. Yeah, which is which is sad, man. It's just it's so sad. You know, and, you know, no no wonder why they, they had to come up with music and stuff. They had to come up with music to treat they, they, they stress and they depression and yeah. express themselves, you know. And, you know, and, that, and, and you know, because first it was the gospel songs. They, they started with the gospel songs. And, and I think over a period of time, you know, it went from, um, you know, Jesus saved me to Jesus, what we going to do now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it became, you know, yeah, it got sad, like, you know, okay, slavery over with, but damn, they still keeping they, they, they foot on my neck. Like, you know, like, and that's what, you know, they, they made their, their songs and, you know, played, you know, these songs on their patios and stuff. And, you know, made these songs. And like I say, you know, then, you, you know, you had Muddy Waters and Little Milton and all these guys that were birthed through the sharecropping, you know, through the, through the sharecropping. But yeah, that's, that's where it was, um, you know, one of my favorite genres of music, you know, came from, from out of, you know, from, I mean, the blues was one of my favorite um, genres of music, but I'm going to talk about my, you know, my genres of music. I'm going to name my five from you know my genres of music that, that I love you can name your five um you know my number one favorite rapper this is my all time favorite my number one is uh Scarface is my number one my number two I put uh I put Tupac it's gonna be Tupac it was the most influential artist of all time his influence you know the man been dead over 20 years and his influence is still strong yeah. Um I put E forty on there. I you know, I, I love how he evolved over time and he's still like, you know, relevant to me in in a way. And um I got uh, I got Master P on here, you know, wasn't the best rapper, but I love his business acumen. It's like second to none. Yeah. And um also, I, I got I got Jay Z on here. I could have put someone. I put I put Jay Z on here because you know I, I love, you know how he he evolved. Also, you know he just they just evolved in into a better form of themselves. You know? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, for about- for my top five as far as rap, um, I got Jay Z on there. Um, from a business standpoint, he's pretty smart, but I, like also just him as a as an individual. Like him developing as a person, seeing that growth. Um, I definitely like that. I got Rick Ross. Um, oh, that's a good one. Florida boy. I I, I like his uh, his biz, his business mind as well, but also like just his music. Um, <laughs> every day I'm hustling that. I still I still to this day play that song. That's something I have going on in the garden like pretty often. Mm-hmm. Me too. Uh, Lil Wayne, uh, he was definitely a very influential artist um, for people in my generation. I mean, we we in the same generation, but still, like a uh, definitely very influential Kendrick Lamar and Wiz Khalifa. Mm, definitely, 
I say Kendrick. Uh, I, I I like um like he uh Tupac. You mentioned Tupac as one of your top five. Uh, Kendrick was definitely heavily influenced and inspired by Tupac and other West Coast rappers. Chris mm-hmm. Khalifa with the, the smoking and and like any and cannabis and like using cannabis as a way to catapult his career and and his business and businesses. Um, that's something definitely I uh, I in, I'm inspired by, but I mean this is so many different other genres like R and B. Um, well, who you got in your your top five for R and B? Oh, for R and B, we got uh, we 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 got some Layla Hathaway. Uh, her oh voice man, is like butter to me. That's a bad girl right there, boy. Man, yeah. that's a bad girl. Uh, Fantasia. Mm. Um, inspired a lot from the old school. Uh, we got. Mario, mm. uh, he's very slept on. Like uh, people sleep on him. He, he's like very, very good technically. Mm. Um, uh, genuine, mm. and then uh, we gotta gotta have the the legend Sam Cooke. Oh man, that's a that's a nice list there. Yeah. Oh. Who you, who, you, who your top five for for artists for R and B? I got uh, my number one Al Green. Ooh. And, uh, I got I got a lot of old school on my uh, my number feel two. It, I feel it. Uh, Bear White, ooh, but uh, the maestro baby that the well, that was a bad boy, <laughs> bad boy. Um, Marvin Gaye, it was another that was another bad boy. Um, and I got Keith Sweat, <laughs> and um, you know my my last, which I don't know what's up with this man, but. Jaheen, that Jaheen was my guy, man. I, I don't know what's up with him right now, but Jaheen was was definitely my guy back in the day. I don't know what <laughs> happened. To, I don't know what happened to Jaheen, but he was one of my favorites, man. I don't know what happened to him either. Like I definitely liked him when he like I don't know. I can't think of any of his, his songs right now, but I definitely like uh, if I hear it, I'll know like specifically that's Jaheen. Mm-hmm. Very memorable voice. See, are are you into any rock and into? Any, Rock and roll, yeah. Actually, actually, I am. Um, a lot of people. Um, and he also was a, a a cannabis advocate and user as well. Uh, Jimi Hendrix, definitely. That was that was the, the homie. Still a homie. Like I, mm-hmm. like I said, I, I I listen to him in the garden. Like to this day, mm-hmm. um, even even when I'm out the garden. Uh, some little Richard, mm. uh, the Eagles. Uh, oh man, Hotel California. Man, the Eagles, man. Willie Nelson, uh, the homie, also a cannabis advocate and user. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he more country uh, though, ain't he? Uh, he do he do a, I don't know. It's it's like a little bit of rock slash country, country slash rock. Um, and a uh, Fleetwood Mac. Oh man, I, I love Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> they smooth. Yeah, definitely love Fleetwood, man. What about you with the rock and roll? Who, 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 who your top five for rock and roll? Well, you know, my number one also is Jimi Hendrix. Got Jimi Hendrix. Uh, my number two is Lenny Kravitz. Okay. And uh, my number three is David Bowie. And you know, David Bowie influences go. He he got a lot of influence in the rap music. A lot of people don't know that. Mm-hmm. He definitely got a lot of influence in. In the rap music, I think um, I want to say his song. I forgot the name of his song, but it was sampled 
by Jermaine and Pre, and I think it was Money Ain't a Thing. I think that was his. That was that was a David Boy. That beat was David Boy. <laughs> was a song. I just can't think of the name of that song. Uh, I think my number four. I got Phil Collins. You know, Phil Collins is. Oh yeah, I can feel it coming in the air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that song will never get old. I just wish yeah. it were longer. It's like the best. <laughs> it's like when you get into that song, it ends. I hate that's the only thing I hate about that song. Like when you start really getting into the song, it goes off. Like yeah. if he if he could just add another minute to that song, it would have been great. <laughs> and um, you know, my number five, I got Chuck Berry. You know, which you know he should be, and in my book, he is the the king of rock and roll. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Definitely. Um, what about blues? You 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 like blues? Maybe? Yeah, of course I like blues. Um, for blues, it's a little. Uh, of course, we got the um, like well-known BB King. Um, you know, the thrill is gone, all of that. Uh, Buddy Guy, Eric Clapton. Um, I'm um, I'm very big on guitars and harmonicas, so. Uh, uh, Eric Clapton, Buddy Guy, uh, BB King, you know, the guitar folk. Uh, then there's uh, James Cotton. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he really good on the on the harmonica. And, so, and uh, Howlin' Wolf. Oh, yeah. I, I, I love Howlin' Wolf. Love him, too. Uh, my list, um, I got Little Milton. Okay. I got Muddy Waters. I got ZZ Hill. I got a uh, Johnny Taylor. Oh man, I can't believe mm-hmm. I ain't put Johnny Taylor on there. Yeah, I just got to have that JT on there, and uh, I got uh, Bobby Rush. And um, it's a you know it's a new new era of blues. This guy listens to Jeter Jones. He he like he got this he got he got his own genre called Trail Ride Blues. Like and like I, I'm really I'm, I I listen to a lot of Jeter Jones. I, I, Listen to a lot of Jeter Jones. Like to check him out, Jeter yeah. Jones. Yeah, Kang and Trail Ride Blue. He calls it the Kang and Trail Ride Blue. Yeah. Definitely. Man, you uh, uh, you listen to any reggae, and if you do, what are your top five for reggae? Oh yeah, reggae. I um, I do listen to reggae. My top five. I mean, Bob Marley. You know, Bob. Very, <laughs> I, I would say he's probably the the most influential reggae artist of all time. I mean, he, yeah. he was able to touch the whole world with his music. You know? uh, Dennis Brown, which was another one of my favorites. I got Jacura. I got uh, Bougie Bantan. I always have a hard time pronouncing his name. And I got Luciano. Okay, nice little list of... For me, for reggae, um, I definitely listen to Bob Marley and everything. Classic. Um, he's like the the go to uh, for most people. For me, though, um, I got Luton Fire. Um, mm-hmm. uh, there's some Capleton. Oh damn! I forgot about Capleton. Wow! I forgot all about Capleton. <laughs> We got Sizzler on there. Um, that solid as a rock, dude. Like that. Yeah, that that's my song never get old. That song um, never get old. I got a, a newer artist, uh, Chronics. Um, definitely been influenced by Bob Marley and some of the other people that I've mentioned. But uh, like, he's definitely like I. I really like Chronics. 
and uh, Dennis Brown as well. I gotta check out Chronics. I never heard of this stuff. Yeah, look up uh, I Can um, and uh, Spanish Town Rockets. That whole, the whole, the whole, uh, the out when it when it come out, two thousand seventeen. I want to say it is. Mm. Um, that whole album, fire, <laughs> like, sure mm. fire. Definitely gotta check that out. What a, what a, what about uh, dirtiest song? What's what's some of the dirtiest songs you ever heard? I got like five on my list. But well, my most of my old school though. Dirty songs. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, that's gonna be hard. <laughs> I know, I know for sure with uh like genuine uh do you remember uh that was something that I like when I was young, I shouldn't have been listening to that <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I think that came out in like ninety seven or something like that, and I was seven mm-hmm. yeah, um let's see what else song song um and I was in elementary school, and that song came out, and I used to be singing that all day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I'm gonna have to come. You know, I have to come back for some other ones. Mm. I'm gonna you for that. Well, oh my, uh, I got AMG. Bitch, better have my money. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> man. That, that that song back in the day, I was like, wow, like like that that song right there got a lot of a lot of radios destroyed by parents. <laughs> like, yeah, like where you get that tape from? Give me that tape. <laughs> <laughs> Oh uh, man! Oh, slave on my knob. I think six. Yes, yes. Uh, that's another. One. Uh, I can nearly put it in the mouth. That was that one. One. <laughs> that one, one. Um, I got Marvin C's Candy Liquor. <laughs> okay. Uh, I got Millie Jackson Slow Tongue. <laughs> and I got two short cocktails and two short blowjob band. <laughs> and two short. Dirtiest songs ever, <laughs> like ever. Um, let's see, because I was thinking about just songs when I was young, like young, and shouldn't have been listening to that at all. Uh, let's see, still want another song. Like I'm trying to think of another song. It was like you ain't got no business listening to this. Mm, it was a lot. Uh, of- I want, I want, I want to say something with Trick Daddy, but I can't think. I can't think of none right now. Uh, I know a lot, it was a lot of Uncle Luke and, and uh, Two Live Crew was was wild, too. Yeah. It was wild. It was, it was way wild. Like, I mean, the stuff we got is is vulgar now, but like back then, when they when they was doing it back then, it was just like wow. It's kind of yeah. I'll say it's kind of normalized now, but you know, back then it wasn't that many people making dirty songs like that back then. I think I think now, um, even though it's is more normalized, it's still like people still are like and that you know, you shouldn't be listening to that type of thing, you know. Mm, yeah. Like uh who is that um what's her name? Cardi B. Uh uh when it's up, then it's up, then it's up, then it's stuck, like a uh, um not the whole song, but just parts of the song. Um it's just like, Oh, I sh- I shouldn't I sh- my kids shouldn't be listening to this. Uh, bad and bougie like that. I mean, I definitely like. I'm I'm a, a fan of the Migos, but like, it's not necessarily a song that you should you you play you you play it around your kids or or even your your grandparents and all of that. You ain't gonna, you ain't gonna church. You ain't gonna play that at church. <laughs> definitely not. 
<laughs> they gonna play it in church. You know? Like I said, I remember like those certain things. Cause I remember them playing "Bitch Better Have My Money" on the radio, but they would bleep out the the bitch part. Yeah. But then you know you had people that had the the actual tape at home, and you playing it live. Your your mama walk through the door. What is, where y'all get that tape from? Uh uh-uh, uh, get that tape. Get... <laughs> <laughs> you just, oh man, it's you... just on uh um it's interesting how like music has evolved um over the years even though it's like been the same at the same time like uh the the like with the old the old school you know the the like al green and and sam cook and all that they was saying the same things but they Mm -hmm. it was put in a, a nicer way so you you had to like really know what they were talking about to know what they were talking about Definitely. Marvin Gaye. Let's get it on, you know. Mm-hmm. Barry White. All of them. Yeah, definitely. So uh what what about the uh to to reel us in? What uh what's the herb for the day? Um you got one for us. I didn't pick one, but you know what? Aloe vera. <laughs> definitely a good one. It is like it it was the Nero aloe vera was Nero sparring before Nero sparring came out. Yeah, you put the aloe on there, and in a couple of hours, the thing be healed, ready to go. <laughs> Does a lot of things for the body, but I know it's great for your skin. It's very great for your your skin. I think it's the best thing you can put on your skin, especially if you get a scratch or something like that. It's the best thing you can rub on your skin because it. it it's healing powers are second to none. That's for sure. That's for sure. Think did did you did you use any of that on, on your on your plant from the dog uh Yeah, I put it I put it on there, you know, with dog man. I don't know about this dog, man. <laughs> we'll have a rocky relationship. <laughs> yeah, I put it on there and, you know, tied it together. I, I think it's gonna survive because it didn't it's like he just split them. He didn't like really break them, and he just kind of split them apart from each other. Mm-hmm. So I think it's gonna survive. Sure will. With that, with that aloe vera. Definitely. What about you? What's the what's the strand? What what, what strand you you rocking with? The strand of the day is Pineapple Express. Um, oh man, the little classic. Uh, it's train wreck crossed with a. Uh, Hawaiian, uh, definitely got that fruity. To me, it smells like pineapples. To other people, it just smells like fruit. They can't really say what fruit. They just say fruit. But to me, it smells like pineapples to me. Um, and the flavor is like also very like similar, sweet, like pineapples to me. Um, very sativa dominant. Um, good for your cerebral, good for your mind. Help you get focused. Um, Get a lot of stuff done, have a lot of energy. Um, also good with uh, if you if you kind of get into a mental funk with depression and everything, um, it's a good strain to, to smoke on, puff on. Um, it's one of my all time favorites. Um, like this, like slept on a lot. 
like a lot of times I don't think about train uh pineapple express, but then like when I think about it, it's like, oh man, I gotta get some pineapple express. So mm. definitely one of those ones to to have around if you got it and keep around. Um and if you don't got it, like go get it. Mm. Well, I'm definitely gonna have to look look into getting me some of that because I know what it's crossed with because I know train wreck by itself is a beast. So mm-hmm. yeah. yes we is. Man, it's a gorgeous day. Definitely is, man. This concludes the Mind Your Herbs podcast. Tune in for the next episode. Don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, and share it with your friends and family. See you next week.